ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Hi. How are you? How are you today? Hey, how does this make you feel? Let me look after you. Some people hate it. And others get very relaxing, warm, tingling sensation that starts at the crown of the head and kind of can spread throughout the rest of the body. It's associated with feelings of relaxation and calmness. I know, you're very tired after. ASMR. It stands for Autonomous Sensory Meridian Response. On What the Duck Today, nature and ASMR. Wait a second, um... Excuse me, can you just... Thank you. My name's Anne Jones, and there's been oodles of research all about the impact of access to nature on humans. In a nutshell, we're more likely to be healthy and calm when we have access to nature or listen to nature sounds or have a connection with a place in particular. And hell, I even have a podcast which is all about this. Shameless plug. It's called Nature Track, and it's all just long nature recordings. So... When I hear ASMR, I think, oh, well, nature does that better. But apparently ASMR, an autonomous sensory meridian response, is something a little bit different. It's a really specific feeling that is relaxing and kind of tingling. Julia Poerio is a lecturer and researcher in psychology at the University of Sussex in the UK. One way I've heard people describe it, which I think is really nice and kind of reflects how it feels, it's like somebody pouring a can of warm Coke on your head and it's kind of like fizzing, bubbling, tingling, relaxing sensation. It's almost like getting a head massage without actually being touched. Okay, for me, it's not pleasurable. It's the opposite. It makes my hair stand on end. I get an absolutely physical reaction that makes me want to rip off the headphones, move away. Anyway, remaining professional, why does it seem to work pleasurably for some and not others? kind of like the million dollar question and and we don't really have a a definitive answer to that just now but what I would say is that it does appear to be something that starts in development and is probably associated with kind of differences in brain connectivity. We know that lots of people who are ASMR responders have kind of experienced this in their daily life you know at school when they were getting lice checks or when they were having their feet measured for school shoes or when their mum was kind of brushing their hair. It's so interesting to me that all of these are examples of receiving care or fixing a problem that you might have. Put a pin in that. I'm Tan Sagris. Tan Sagris is a trilingual ASMR artist from Melbourne. And if you want to find me, you can jump to Facebook, Sagris ASMR, or YouTube, Sagris ASMR. So, can you give me some tips on how to do this? So I only want people to hear my voice. Have to be very quiet. I got to do it about 1 o'clock a.m. Right, when everyone else is asleep. No other distractions. And it just talk something, make people feel comfortable, like, it's okay, it's okay, you'll be fine, you know? Like to calm people down, yeah, it's okay, all good, all good. And it use my mouth sound. A mouth sound is just like... 
Yeah, like that. So people feel like, oh, someone is really near us, and they whisper something. They help us. And she says that some of her most popular videos are when she's telling people in different contexts, maybe they're sick or poor or stressed out, she's basically just telling them it's going to be okay. Everyone wants to hear it's going to be okay. I know plenty of stressed people, plenty of stressed nature lovers in particular, and in fact I think being a nature nerd is perhaps one of the most depressing types of nerd that you can be because the world literally seems to be boiling what you love the most. So if I was going to create ASMR for people who feel that, what should I do? Lower my voice? Uh, whisper. Whisper. Some, a lot of people like whisper. Hello. Do you feel better? Okay, then. Whispering is a winner. But do... Only humans whisper and have this sort of intimate communication that gets a heightened response from the receiver. Like, is this aspect of ASMR just a human thing? Cottontop tamarins are small monkeys. They weigh about a pound. About 450 grams. Rachel Morrison is an associate professor at the University of North Carolina at Pembroke. They are originally in the wild found in Colombian rainforests. And these little monkeys have epic glam rock white hairdos. Think Kiss meets David Bowie in Labyrinth. And they are highly social, so they live in small family groups. Of course, communication is key. Now, Rachel was visiting New York City's Central Park Zoo looking to study the chit-chat between these little monkeys. And this is what you'd expect them to sound like. Yeah, that's 500 grams of angry monkey. It sounds like a starling. Instead, they were whispering to each other. Hold up. These monkeys were whispering. Something which hadn't been recorded before. Normally, they're quite loud. Yeah. Like that. We had set up a scenario where we had a person who worked at the zoo with them that they regularly did not like. In the past, this keeper, in the course of his job, had to net the monkeys. The monkeys did not like that. To me, on the, the outside, it just appeared that they were sort of just running back and forth, kind of freezing, and, you know, were being super quiet. Standing outside the enclosure, Rachel couldn't really hear any sounds, but when she went back and analysed her recordings, the monkeys... Well, let's listen. Here's the keeper coming in. You know, when I'm analysing vocalisations, I'm looking at pictures of the sounds at the same time. We call those spectrograms. Let's boost the volume here. There's a lot of birds in this recording, which makes it a little confusing. And as the spectrograms are coming across, I'm seeing these really faint marks on the screen. And I'm like, wait a minute, I, I think there are other sounds there that I'm not picking up on. Turn the volume up, get the headphones on, and sure enough, there's these like little whispered chirps and whistles throughout the time where I thought they were being really quiet. They were communicating really intimately with each other. 
just like in ASMR. And to give you an idea of how quiet the whispering is, that is a little alert chirp that is at a more normal sort of volume. So what's going on here? Why weren't they mobbing him and squeaking up bloody murder? Well, this time, he didn't have a net. They had trained them to go into a box so that they wouldn't be so stressed out when they had to, you know, go get veterinary care. So I think that they were no longer sure if he was really a threat. The monkeys didn't hold a grudge. I would never go near that guy again. I think I sort of caught them at a moment where they were trying to evaluate the situation and were engaging in these quiet vocalizations as a way to communicate without letting anyone else in on the conversation. They were talking behind his back. So we know that these tamarins are capable of whispering in these really intense situations. But what about other animals? There are other species of animals that produce whisper-type vocalizations. Birds definitely have soft calls that they produce when they're mating and when they're in aggressive interaction. When they're mating or fighting, it's a war and peace moment for birds. And I'm going to need to hear some more. For about 20 years now, I've been studying communication systems in songbirds. Associate Professor Rindy Anderson at Florida Atlantic University has been listening to sparrow songs of song sparrows. Song sparrows, like most songbirds sing, we call it broadcast song. But songbirds can also mutter. When male songbirds are in an escalated, agonistic interaction with other males, escalated meaning we're not just shouting at each other across the territory boundaries. (laughs) We have encroached and they're getting physically close and it might start to be escalating towards an actual physical fight. What these birds then do is stop shouting at each other and begin whispering. It sounds similar. It's just much, much quieter. Believe it or not, that is a song sparrow whispering about just how angry he is. I'll translate it in the uh, ASMR manner. Oi mate, I'll have you. I've got a wishbone to pick with this fluffed up shrike tit. Oh yeah? Who was your mother mate? A shuttlecock. Why whisper to intimidate a rival? Yeah, good question. And there's a a variety of different explanations, hypotheses out there about why males, why any animal should do this. One of the primary hypotheses is that individuals stop shouting and start whispering to avoid eavesdropping by third party receivers who might be able to glean some information about one or both of these rivals by listening in to the conversation, as it were, right? You don't want your girlfriend to know you're being challenged. You don't want to lose a fight in front of your neighbours. And you don't want the school principal, a.k.a. predators, to know you're busy having a punch on either. So you do it all very, very quietly. So that's called the eavesdropping avoidance hypothesis. 
And that's one of the hypotheses out there about why this whispering has evolved so many times. And did it evolve in Australia too? Are there whispered threats all around? Yeah, we have quite a few of them. Associate Professor Mandy Ridley from the University of Western Australia says, yes, in the case of WA's magpies, absolutely they're muttering things. There's a grunt and a peep. But the one that I really want to hear about in the context of animal ASMR that might be relaxing in some way is the babble. It's kind of a really low, muted song. Human children do it, you know, when they're learning how to make sounds, they tend to make just a string of nonsense sounds, which eventually evolve into words and and sentences. So babbling is well known in uh, human societies. And we see it a lot in magpies as well. The the young magpies, they start to vocalise at a pretty young age, but they're not making fully adult sounds. I swear, though, I've heard adults that are also softly talking to themselves. Now, this is a species that is known as an open-ended vocal learner. That means that they can learn new calls throughout their life. And other species that can do that are dolphins and humans. So this babbling might be practiced in adults as well. They certainly do invest in mimicry and they have a whole bunch of different calls that they can combine together. So it's complex stuff and they need to practice. But just how quiet is the babbling? When we go out in the field with our directional microphones, we have to um, be quite close to the magpie to be able to record that sound clearly, you know. Um, So ideally we record when the magpie is not perched too high in a tree because then we can't get a very good quality recording. That's how quiet it is. So really, really quiet and also associated perhaps with relaxed musical practice. Nice. It's well known in dubs that by singing or producing other vocalizations, individual animals can self-soothe, can get that dopamine rush, right? And so there's some evidence of this. They've been able to actually quantify hormone levels in response to singing doves. There's this coo that the female doves produce, and it's the most important contributor to her yoking up eggs, more so than males cooing at them. It's that self-cooing that gets the whole ball rolling, right? So it's true that that individuals can, you know, get get a rush or get a little bit of, of comfort mm. out of whispering to themselves. Okay, let me try that then. <clears throat> You're strong. You have incredible yoke growth abilities. You've got this, Dove Mama. You've got this. Well, that's incredible. Quiet self-talk is quite powerful. I'm feeling more fecund. I don't know about you. Are you aware of ASMR, this YouTube genre of close sound that people listen to to get a reaction? Yes, absolutely. This sensation that can be triggered by whispering. It could be triggered by tapping or clicking of fingernails on things. Yeah, tapping. There is a whole section of these ASMR videos that are all about touching things and 
tapping them very, very deliberately. I've been making radio specifically about nature and nature sounds for about a decade now, and I can confidently say that nature is full of clicks, raps, knocks and tocks, and a lot of these sounds are not made by fingernails or vocal cords. Here's Jane Yak from Carlton University. I study acoustic communication in insects with a focus on butterflies and caterpillars. <laughs> yes, Lepidoptera. That's the unifying group that all these flutterbys come under. They're noisier than you might expect. It's a crazy, complex communication signal. They are communicating through vibrations. How did you discover this? I discovered it in my dining room, believe it or not, about 25 years ago. I was actually rearing caterpillars and I heard sounds coming from the bin of the caterpillars on the floor. And I thought, what? And then I took off the plastic, looked at them, and I saw these two caterpillars head to head, basically having a rat battle. And I thought, what the duck? But <laughs> exactly. This instantly makes me feel bad for underestimating caterpillars to be meat tubes programmed to eat as much as possible. Some species are highly sociable, forming housing co-ops and fighting about who's taking out the frass. And they make their vibratory signals in a variety of ways. So their mandibles are kind of like molars, our molars. They kind of like chew through a leaf by kind of shearing away at the leaf. And so when these guys are being territorial, they use their mandibles to drum on the leaf. So they open their mandibles. So it's like us opening our mouths in a sense and banging these mouth parts against the leaf. And so they'll make a drumming sound. But also they'll scrape their head side to side. So they'll take their mandibles and like, you know, swish them from side to side. I am absolutely imagining mosh pit levels of thrashing. Yes. Yep, that is exactly what they do. And if this has ruined your view of butterflies as symbols of freedom and rebirth, well, wait till you hear this. They also headbang with their butts. Yeah, they, um, they butt... Ba- n- they... It's called anal scraping. It's uh, kind of a tremulation. So it first vibrates up and down the anterior part of the body, and at the same time it's scraping these modified appendages called anal oars. So it goes boop, 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 like it goes, um, it goes, It makes something called a buzz scrape that with its anal oars. They look like little boat oars, basically. Tiny little boat oars, like really, really, really tiny, like a microns long. They take their anal segment. The very back bit. And they've lost their legs. They've lost their legs in the back end of the body so that they have adapted to be able to make these signals. Ha! That is so amazing. And it shows how important the communication is, right? They literally lost a set of legs to make space for it. And if I made that into something that's ready for TikTok, like the viral ASMR sexy girls who tap diamante encrusted acrylic nails across luxury goods for money, here we go. Mercedes. Mandible scraping. Mercedes. Anal tapping.
beeping. Is this working? Are you feeling relaxed yet? Because, you know, we've learnt that maybe quiet or whispered talking would relax you, like monkeys or magpies. Or maybe deliberate tapping sounds might elicit a wonderful frisson of happiness, like the caterpillars headbanging on leaves. Um, how has ASMR changed your life? Um, at least it put me to sleep. Tan is an ASMR creator from Melbourne. I feel like I want to give something. Otherwise, what if you had to look after the kid, very tired, then come and do it and show the bad face? It can't make people happy, isn't it? Yeah, I just do it when I feel, I feel like that, that's the energy to give you people. That energy that Tan is talking about, it's almost like she is a healer of your ills, no matter how big or small. She wants you to feel like you got a hug and it's going to be okay. Um, So actually touch is a really important trigger. Julia Poeria, ASMR researcher. And then we have things like whispering, soft speaking, careful hand movements, close personal attention. So somebody providing a service for you or looking at a particular aspect of you. These seem to be very kind of common type triggers. These are all things that I observed that Tan uses in her practice and also things that I hear in nature, to be honest. Um, ASMR is typically a kind of human sound elicited, typically. But we did kind of pilot our checklist with people in the ASMR community and quite a few of them said, you know, actually nature sounds of leaves rustling, rain, wind, those sorts of things have qualities of ASMR. Um, they're not that common, but they do, they do occur. For the audience that I normally speak to are people that are really interested in animals and nature. And a lot of those people are often really worried about losing nature. So if I was going to make an ASMR session like you do for them, I would speak to them about how I'm going to look after nature for you. Yeah, yeah. Right. I've been listening to these scientists and the YouTubers and I'm going to give it a go. So if you are environmentally anxious, then I have created this just for you. I can see how tired you are, how hard it is to read about another species that we've almost lost and I can sense your grief. I understand. But... Can you hear that sound? That is the sound of a beetle in a firefighter's uniform and it's absolutely ripped and it's called in backup too. It's bringing in the entire invertebrate emergency services with it. Here come the flies and the cicadas, or the cicadas, sorry. Ah, the birds, tiny birds, they're here too. Oh, there's the whales, they're pitching in. Relaxation sounds from times gone past, thanks whales. They're all ready to help you bundle up your anxiety into a ball and stuff it into a green bag that's reusable and load it onto ancient lobsters who are going to transport it away, away into a vast place in nature that still exists 
There, the invertebrate climate combating army has a whole platoon of composting worms and anal scraping, leaf munching caterpillars. And soon those negative feelings will be sequestered deeper than the depleting fossil fuels under the Earth's crust. And there's a brolga flying past. There it goes. Oh, it's yelling to you. It's saying, don't worry, I forgive you. We're okay. Nature is okay. I actually find birds very irritating. Fuck! What the Duck is the ABC's nature program and it's produced by me, Anne Jones, as well as Patria Ladgrove. A special thanks to Tarn Sagris, Rindy Anderson, Rachel Morrison, Diana Reese, Manuel Grosselet, Jane Yak, Richard Webster, Murray Little John, Brian Miller from the Australian Antarctic Division, and Stephanie Mason for being able to use their recordings. We make this program on Wadawurrung and Ghana country. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio, and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.